Coming up on this month's podcast, glad to have you here. We've got Jason Bay from Blissful Prospecting. I'm going to be really dissecting his prospecting process, and I think you're going to find that it's really awesome. And that's why I've got him on the show this month. Also, your listener question, Mike Obert from Open Look will join us as we answer Jack's question from New York, Rebecca from Chicago, and David from Las Vegas. We're going to be talking about proving your worth to customers. We're going to be talking about not stressing out at work. And we're going to be talking about the joy of sales. And then also this month, of course, a charity hop from January spring with our ad tech tip. That's all coming up on this edition of the podcast. From the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, as I promised, I've got Jason Bay from Blissful Prospecting uh, on the show with us this month. And, you know, when Jason reached out to me, he was so unique and it was so creative, uh, Jason, how you how you did it. Um, I very rarely have people other than like Mike Obert and some other uh, good friends uh, on the show because people always say, oh, I don't want to I don't want to hear about somebody's book. I want to hear about advice from sales. And uh, Jason, I was really um, intrigued. You had sent me a, an email with a video where you had a whiteboard, a little whiteboard with my name on it. So I knew the video was for me. So maybe if you don't mind, just kind of start out, tell me kind of where that idea came from. And, and then we'll talk about blissful prospecting and, and we'll just bat around some sales ideas. So start off with that email thing. That was awesome. Tell me more about it. Sure. Yeah. We've been making a, I appreciate you having me on the show, by the way, this is I've been looking forward to this, but uh, really what we wanted to do with blissful prospecting is, you know, Hey, we're doing some good work with clients. We want to tell more people about it, right? And podcasts are a great way to, you know, to share that message. But I was like, Hey, I know that Ryan probably gets hit up dozens of times, if not more every week <laughs> right, right, yeah. from other people saying, Hey dude, I just came out with a book. Like you said, yeah, or, Hey, yeah. I got this training program. I'd yeah. love to talk about it. And that's really the challenge and problem with prospecting right now is a lot of people lead like that, right? Mm -hmm. they, they lead with what's in it for me instead of what's in it for you. So I knew that video is one of those things that you know, people are starting to you know, kind of do these templated videos too. Mm -hmm. And writing someone's name on a piece of paper or a whiteboard is a really good way to show them that you personalized it. And video, like I said, that was a really easy way that I have found to stick out with prospecting. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. how we connected. Yeah, it works. You know, one of the things I do with video, and we can talk about uh, maybe the tool that you use if you'd like to. I use um, the Chrome extension uh, called Loom, L-O-O-M. And what I was really intrigued by is that does a thumbnail as well as you had a thumbnail. So in the video that Jason sent me, it's so important for all you out there in sales. If you're looking to separate yourself from the thousands of other salespeople sending emails, you've got to do something unique and different. So the thumbnail actually showed Jason's smiling face, a little whiteboard that said, hi, Ryan. And so I was like, oh, it's for me. So I clicked on it and that was, was the hook. Tell me if you, this has happened to you, Jason. So what I found in sales is that when I use some type of highly relevant video, I would say better than half of the time, which is really high in sales, better than half of the time I get some type of reply. What have you guys found in terms of, you know, using video and prospecting? What have you found in terms of response? My response rate was 38% to wow. the video emails, which that's pretty high as yeah. well. But the biggest challenge is getting people to actually watch the video. Right. 
So it depends on who you're emailing into and how big the organizations are, because a lot of the larger ones in specific industries have really crazy spam filters. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you're getting, you know, if you're getting a 10 plus percent response rate to any email these days, and you're just doing email, that's, that's pretty good. Of course, you should be doing social and cold calling on top of that, but that's, that's really what we see on average is 10 to 15% plus if you're doing this. And then uh, again, it depends, but anywhere between 20 and 50% of people watching videos, that's, that's the big challenge. Like I said, is getting someone to click the video because there's kind of two conversions there where you're like, Hey, they need to open the video. They need to click it. And then they need to actually sit there and watch it too. Yeah, right and, and you have some really good analytics if you're using a tool like loom or vidyard, but yeah, yeah it's kind of across the board, but right. that's, is that I the tool that you guys use? What's yeah. Your- yeah, Vidyard. Vidyard. And uh, Loom so, is actually better in my opinion. Okay. Vidyard just integrates right now with more tools. So it's ah, easier to use. I got you. I got you. What I found is I think the reason, and I have no data to back up when I said about half the time. So I'm just, you know, I'm pulling that out of thin air because I'm in sales, man. That's, <laughs> That's what, what I do. do. That's what I do is I make stuff up, right? No, I'm kidding. Um, I sort of do. <laughs> is um, Is the more relevant the video is, the better the response. So if I can say in the text uh, of the email, and I know you believe in, in high relevance, so we'll talk about that in a second. If I'm able to say uh, in the text of the email, hey, Jason, I saw on your website that you guys are doing this, this, and this. I have a cool idea to help you with that. I recorded a very short video that explains why I want to uh, set, a, set aside some time to visit with you. And then in the video itself, I'd love that idea, which I've, I'm totally stolen. I'm going to put, um, I'll give you credit, Jason, for it for like 20 times. And then I'll, <laughs> then, then sorry, you're out. Um, and then I'm going to write your name on there. And, and I, and I might even put click, you know, click to play on the little whiteboard. And it's, I mean, and, and it's working. So I feel like it's a combination of text being highly relevant than the video being highly relevant. But I know you love you know, being very relevant. So maybe let's talk a little bit more about that as a part of your blissful prospecting process. Yeah. So we call this connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. And the reason why a lot of cold outreach is so tough these days is because there's so much noise. So you really have to have a higher standard of excellence when it comes to your messaging. Mm-hmm. So what we came up with is a, a framework that we use called the reply method. And I kind of, I can kind of walk through each yeah. of these here, but it's really about connecting the dots as much as possible in your entire message to show a compelling reason and show the value of, of hopping on a call in this case. So the, the R in reply stands for results. Mm -hmm. So that's where we start most of our messaging from is, you know, what are your value props in terms of what is the result that you can get, you know, for your clients? That makes sense. Yeah. I call it, um, you know, painting a picture of potential. So not, not making promises that you can't live up to, but painting a picture of potential. One of the things that I do, and you might um, you might like this, is I try to encourage uh, all the people I'm coaching as often as you can, uh, ethically name drop as often as you can. Yeah, I want to quickly comment on that because yeah, yeah. you mentioned something so important. I think that gets glossed over so much. Sure. Social proof. It's such a very simple concept, and the psychology there is that when people are unsure about something, they always look to Robert Cialdini had a great book right on this influence. When people are unsure about how to act in a particular situation, they always look to other people in a similar situation to them. That's all social proof is, right? Have you worked with someone like us before? Making sure to actually share those relevant examples. Yeah. And if you haven't, I mean, you can get blocked real fast. 
So that E stands for empathy. So if we're layering this again, the reason why we want to start with the value props is like, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Results are the universal language of business. People understand if you're sharing relevant results. Sure. What you're going to layer on top of that is empathy. So if you're writing an email, this is going to come before your value prop. Um, if you're making a cold call, you're typically going to lead with this. And what you want the prospect to go from is, hey, this guy's not, this guy or gal's not really one of us mm-hmm. to, ah, this person's speaking my language. Ask current clients what are the challenges that you're facing. And when you when you you make record of that in your CRM, it's probably likely that others are going to be facing that uh, you know that challenge as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. What's what's the um so what's the next step there in that reply method? I like where we're going with this conversation. Keep going. So the P stands for personalization. And okay. the reason why it's in this order is that you really need to know what your value props and results are first. Right. And right. then you can figure out the challenges that relate to those, and then you mm-hmm. have something you can go in and personalize. So personalization can really be used in a couple different ways, but SalesLoft, a sales engagement platform, they studied millions of outbound emails and they found the sweet spot before you start to get diminishing returns is that you personalize about 20% of the text of the email. It can't just be some random personalization like, right. hey, saw on your LinkedIn that you're a fan of this, yeah. you know, the Cubs. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, I mean, that's right. kind of cool, I guess. It's if better than nothing. a lot of other stuff, it's better than nothing. Right. But it does, it's not really relevant to how you can help them. Right. I, you know, sometimes I was just was working with a group in New Jersey and I said, sometimes you just need to, to preface and just be, be clear. So you don't come across as being creepy also, um, is yeah. to say in preparation for our call, um, I saw in LinkedIn that your company's doing this, this, and this, tell me more about that. Or here's how I think I can help you, you know, with, with that. A lot of times it's just about digging, uh, just a little bit deeper. Hey, but sometimes in sales, man, you know this, Jason, you've just got to be bold too. Sometimes you got to make some assumptions. Yeah. I find that sales reps get so stymied and bogged down. Well, they don't have all the information. They can't pick up the phone. Hey guys, I'm here to tell you that people ask me all the time, Jason, Ryan, if you could give me a silver bullet that would change my sales life, I'd pay a million dollars for it. I'm looking to work smarter and not harder. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, here's the thing. I mean, sales is, is a rough gig. It's tough. It's fun, yeah. but it's tough. You're going to have to work harder these days and you're going to have to be smarter about it. And being well-researched, in my opinion, proves that you're worth somebody's time. And if you're worth somebody's time because you spend a little time engaging with them, especially when I'm dealing with a younger buyer. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's really, really, uh, really important. I love the personalization piece. I think it's one of the reasons, um, that you and I have now met is because you took that extra step to personalize. So back, back on reply methods. So, um, I love the results, the empathy, the personalization. Okay. How about the L? So the L stands for laser focus. And this is extremely important nowadays because you got to be really concise. So if an email, unless it's really, really good, and most of us are not you know, awesome copywriters, if mm-hmm. we're being honest with ourselves, right. mm-hmm. uh, you really need to be under 120 words if possible or three to five sentences. And a really uh, effective way for doing that is there's a couple different tools that you can use. I recently switched from Grammarly to mm-hmm. an app called Pro Writing Aid, and it's a okay. free Google Chrome extension and actually help you be more concise in your writing and help you get out all those filler words. Pro, so under 120 pro, words. Pro Writing, pro writing Aid. Yep. Chrome extension. Okay. Cause I use yeah. Grammarly now and it's, it's pretty good. It's kind of doesn't keep up sometimes pro writing aid. I know everybody at home is writing this down right now. This will blow your socks off, right? It's free too. <laughs> yeah, it's free. And they have a paid wow. version too. It's, oh, okay. it's uh, cheaper than Grammarly, 
but the free version, you can test it out and it's been a, a really big game changer. So for, uh, for voicemails, for cold calls, that sort of thing, voicemails, you typically want under 30 seconds or, right. or quicker. And then with cold calls, you, I mean, you really want to have your pitch out in 10 or 15 seconds. So you've got to get this really concise. The other thing with laser focus too, this is something I see a big mistake on, especially with, with emailing is there's like three or four call to actions. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, how are you doing? Hey, if you're interested, book a time here, check out this case study, right? Uh, try to keep it to one ask Agreed. if possible mm -hmm. per email. And then you give yourself stuff to talk about when you follow up. So don't, you know, don't put all the challenges and value props in that first email. Now all the content you want them to see spread it out over six, seven, eight emails. Right. And now you have something to email them about. You can call and make the call uh, about what you sent them. Um, so, okay. So we've got results, empathy, personalization, laser focus. And then, so what's the why? Yep. Last but not least is you. So you really need to lead with how you can help the prospect. And a really good way that you can check this is, are you using you and your, your, excuse me, more than you're saying I, right? That's a really good way to shorten your email copy as well. But what I always say is that, you know, people don't want to be Alfred. They want to be Batman, right? Your solution is not the hero. You're making the customer the hero. So lead with that and make it about the prospect, not about your value prop, your solution, how great your company is, none of that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, reach out to, uh, to Jason Bay, blissfulprospecting.com. Uh, and uh, you told me before the show that you just recently moved down to, to Austin, Texas. So uh, enjoy, the, enjoy the fall weather uh, down there, Jason. And uh, you're welcome back uh, anytime. So thanks for taking a few minutes and, uh, and sharing your thoughts. And I'm sure you'll get a bunch of feedback uh, from folks uh, after being on the podcast. So thanks for being here. Awesome. This was fun. Thank you, Ryan. Great stuff, Jason. Thank you so much. All right, friends, we'll be back in 30 seconds with Mike Obert answering your listener questions with me, as well as a technology tip, an ad tech tip from January Spring and Charity Huff. I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if I didn't sell a few sponsors here at the program. So 30 seconds, we'll be back with more. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at MagazineManager.com or NewspaperManager.com. OpenLook Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, as you know, one of my favorite times here of the podcast uh, on our media edition here of the podcast is to talk about advertising technology with our friend Charity Huff, uh, founder of January Spring out in, in Denver. Hey, so, you know, we were talking kind of um, before the, the show about what some of your clients are doing to really zero in, uh, especially on editorial content and how they're mm -hmm. using programmatic and digital advertising um, strategies to make some money off editorial-based content. I was intrigued. Can you share with us and share with the listeners about that, Charity? Yeah, so everybody that we're talking to is heads down in their 2020 editorial planning. And so we've just asked our partners, you know, share with us your editorial calendar and we'll help you with some natural 
um, opportunities to pair geofencing and programmatic with what you're doing in editorial. Um, so, for example, just about everybody um, has a dining guide or um, a particular type of guide associated with it. Maybe it's doctors, maybe it's lawyers. And adding in um, a geo-targeted as well as a geofencing campaign mm -hmm. to those is is brilliant. So if you think of it, like let's take a dining guide, for example. Um, you could have uh, a section where it's just all those power lunch um, restaurants and you could target their competitors. You could target particular parts of downtown or the business district in order to help drive reservations to them. You could do the same thing with family dining. Um, maybe it's around all of the... Mm -hmm. um, parks and places where families are hanging out on the weekends, making sure that you're reaching those guys and um, putting all of your family dining um, folks in front of them. So just being a bit more creative about how you're using this technology as a natural uh, upsell or complement to what you're doing in, um, in editorial. You know, I'll give you one more, Ryan, that I think mm -hmm. um, is totally underutilized and would be super fun to do with as many of our partners as possible is everybody has a sports team, whether it's a college football team mm -hmm. in town sure. or professional team, you could easily geofence those home games and sell a suite of impressions to a group of your advertisers that want to reach those fans. So it could be the restaurants. It could be the no, new home builder. Mm -hmm. It could be like a good variety of advertisers. And if you're helping capture all of those folks that are at the game, you could easily have a program that in, it includes the, um, the arena. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I mean, I guess we can flip the model pretty easily, Charity, um, on the B2B side. Um, as we've talked about before with trade shows. So as people are coming to trade shows or large scale events, um, we can geofence that event, even if it's not your event. That's the thing we were talking right. about at Camp Niche in Boston. Um, one of the attendees was saying, wait a minute, I can geofence one of my competitors trade shows. Heck so the yeah. trade show is about a particular topic as we talk about editorial. So if your trade show was all, if your competitors trade show, was all about paramedics and EMTs, emergency services. You could geofence your competitor's trade show. Everybody that's there, we're going to grab their device IDs. And then you can sell advertising targeting those people because they attended your competitor's trade show. So that's very, right. very, very similar yeah. thing. Yeah, it's and it, you know, and you can also market to those competitive trade shows about your own trade show. Yeah, right, right. And so, I mean, so any, any place that you can think, this is where um, our advertisers, potential customers would be, um, whether you have a list of readers, list of subscribers or events, um, we can target uh, to those people. And I, you know, the funny thing is, I think Charity, we better take advantage of it while we can do it now, <laughs> because people are getting smarter and smarter about shutting off location IDs and stuff like that. Yeah, right now, 90% of people leave their location um data on because they're using the Uber app or they're right. using the weather app or things where your location is super important. And that's how we're able to capture those devices at a specific location. Yeah. You know, what's funny to me or not funny. That's the wrong word. What was interesting to me um, in Boston at Camp Niche um, the other day was the number of people that just said, you know, we're not doing uh, programmatic. And I just said, guys, you're, you're missing out on money. I mean, you're just, mm -hmm. you're leaving money on the table. I mean, without naming names, I mean, you've got some clients that'll do 10, 20 grand a month in programmatic, correct? Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yep. 
So, friends, if you need information on, um, you know, how programmatic can benefit um, you, remember, a lot of salespeople here listen to the podcast, Charity, and, and salespeople, you know, your bosses need new ideas for revenue. They might not have any idea what we're talking about, but you do uh, because you're a friend or fan here of the show. So, um, reach out to Charity, JanuarySpring.com. Uh, and uh, get some uh, information uh, from her as it relates to it. And uh, get on board uh, with the train. Choo-choo, I guess. <laughs> Choo-choo. <laughs> All right, Charity. Well, thanks for the information and thanks for those ideas. We sure appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. My pleasure, Charity. JanuarySpring.com. Friends, get on board with the programmatic train or you might just get left behind, unfortunately. All right, let's get to Mike Obert dialed up. we got three awesome listener questions coming up next. We're going to be talking about getting burned out at your job. We don't want that to happen. We're going to talk about uh, you know, proving to different advertisers uh, what it is that uh, we're trying to sell and providing some proof back to them and so much more. So let's get Mike Obert uh, dialed up. And while we're doing that, Deborah is going to help me pay a few bills. So listen around, stick around, stay close, 30 seconds, and we'll be back with your listener questions here on the show. The At Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at MagazineManager.com or NewspaperManager.com. Open Look Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, one of my uh, favorite parts of the program is when I get Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions uh, on the line, and we answer your listener uh, questions. And you did a great job last uh, last uh, episode, uh, Mike. I got lots of good feedback, so maybe 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 you're just going to be a permanent fixture here on the show. Oh, that would be so great. <laughs> I would love that, Ryan. This is my uh, favorite part of the month. Well, I appreciate that. And for those of you that don't know Mike, Mike has been a business owner and been in the business world um, as selling, uh, as well as taking sales calls um, for well over uh, 25 years, just uh, just like me. And so the reason I think it's important, Mike, for you to be here is because um, I train and I coach and I've got a business, but I'm really not taking sales calls the way you as a business owner are intaking sales calls. So you hear it all the time. In any given month, Mike, how many inbound sales calls, people trying to sell you stuff in any given month, how many calls and emails do you get probably? Oh, wow. Uh, great question. Uh, kind of caught me off guard on that one. Hundreds, I would say hundreds. probably I'm getting two, three a day. Come on. A day? Whether wow. A call or an email from somebody? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's well, hey, so then you're well, you're well equipped to answer uh, some of these questions. So, all right, we got three of them. We got Jack in New York, Rebecca in Chicago, and David in Las Vegas. And so let's, um, and by the way, just send your questions in Ryan at Ryan Dorn. Dot com And if we put you on the show, we'll, we'll send you something. All right. So here's Jack from New York. Good question. Clients want proof. Clients want case studies. They want proof uh, to prove that advertising works, specifically magazine advertising. And I know everybody that listens to the podcast doesn't sell magazine advertising, but you know, no matter what you're selling, uh, a lot of people, a lot of clients want, you know, want proof 
I'm a big fan of testimonials. How do you feel about uh, testimonials, Mike? Yeah, I love testimonials. <clears throat> That's the first place that I went when you uh, talked about, you know, case studies or something like that. But a, a good testimonial, uh, and especially if you're selling an advertiser or somebody uh, that's competitive with somebody else. So, mm-hmm. um, when you get that testimonial, um, yeah, it, it hits home, it hits home with them. Right. I, I actually would encourage everybody, no matter what you sell in my slide decks, in my media kits, in my presentation materials, um, I list th- at least three success stories. I don't call them testimonials, but three success stories. And then in the deck, I actually will go to LinkedIn and I'll pull the picture of the person that gave me the testimonial. Cause I feel like a testimonial without a picture is sort of, eh, but with a picture or with their logo, I just feel like it yeah. looks a little bit more uh, yeah. legit. Um, do you? And it's 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 ahead. also surprising to me too of getting testimonials. I mean, nine times out of ten, if you ask a person, "Hey, would you give me a testimonial?" they'll do it, right. uh, and and they'll give you something that's pretty meaty too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I encourage everybody to ask you know your people, "Hey, would you give me a quick testimonial?" Right. And now, if I if I want to get one from somebody and I feel like it's Somebody that's that's great, but they're not going to give me the best one. I just write it for them. I'll say, hey, could could I potentially say something like this to other uh, other customers of ours? And you'd be surprised. Easily yeah. eight out of ten times they'll say, yeah, sure, that's great. Right. So if you yeah. don't have any success stories or testimonials, um, definitely can you know can do that. Now in the case yeah. study piece, I think the case studies are great. So what I a lot of times what I do is I'll talk with a client. And I'll say, hey, if you don't mind, we'd love to feature you um, as one of our success stories. Is what I call it. And then what we'll do is give you, you know, a little, little spiff. We maybe we'll give you a little discount or, you know, we'll throw a $50 Amazon card your way or, you know, something that's ethical and appropriate, um, right. you know, when it relates to that. So when you hear testimonials, Mike, as a business owner, um, how do you feel? Do you feel like it's, is it a game or do you, do you feel like it's legit? No, I feel like it's legit. I feel like it's something that I need to consider if somebody is taking the time uh, to either, you know, to write it and then give the experience that they had. Um, I think it's very legitimate and it's something that makes me turn my head and go like, all right, I need to reconsider this or I need to look at it. Right. Because all of us salespeople are, they think that we're liars, <laughs> you <laughs> know, true. and I guess it's, it is true in some cases, but um, they think that we're kind of liars. So we need some, some evidence to back it up. So I'd prefer a testimonial over a case study, although case studies are usually moderately data, you know, data driven. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like Jack is, is selling magazines. And so one yeah. of the best ways to prove magazine advertising works is to look at people's Google Analytics. Because here's the thing, Jack, no matter what you do, no matter what an advertiser buys, the Internet's going to get credit for it. So if they buy a radio ad, the Internet's going to get credit. If they buy a TV ad, the Internet's going to get credit. If they buy a print ad, the Internet's going to get credit. So just tell them that. Say Siri is going to get credit. <laughs> so right. look at their Google Analytics. Yeah. I think that's a great way to, to prove it as yeah. well. No, that's good. Also, I always like to point out too, if somebody's looking for a testimonial or case study, hey, here's your competitor. They've been running with me for the last year, two years. That's kind of a good testimonial or a case study that your competition is yeah. is, is is advertising or, or is in you know in the in the in the book or something like that. Yeah. So No, yeah. I agree. I agree. And you've got so say you're selling software, whatever. Um, yeah. You can say, hey, I've got uh, 25 clients that have been with me for seven years. I mean, that's a testimonial in and of itself yep. to be able to say that. So I think it's great. So, yep. all right, Jack from New York, good luck uh, on that. Go all right. New York. Yeah, Chicago. Um, Rebecca from Chicago. 
why do uh, all sales books talk about never letting a client say no? And Ryan, you um, teach differently than that. Um, why is that? So Rebecca, good question. So this is my, th- Mike, I'd love to get your take on this. This is my thing. I want every client to say yes, but every client's not going to say yes. So in some cases, I would appreciate any update. I mean, even if it's a no, so that I'm not calling these people all the time. If the answer is no, then the answer is no. And I've, I've not done a good job selling or it's bad timing or whatever. But to try to say that never let someone say no, it makes it a game. And while I do believe it's a little bit of a game, sales is always a little bit of a gamesmanship here. Also, I yeah. think that people don't like being sold. So because of that, I don't want to seem desperate. So if your answer is yes, Mike, great. If your answer is no, just let me know. You know, I'm not going to beat you up about it. I feel like a lot of times people don't call you back because they're afraid to say no. You know? Yeah. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on on this one? Yeah, I, I totally get it. There's some people that are just unsellable, that they're, they, <laughs> for whatever reason, they don't want to buy your product. Um, and, and why continue to chase those people down? Right. I mean, it might be an ego thing for some people that I can't believe I can't sell this person. But, you know, like I said, some people don't want to be sold. I have people on my board right now that I'm looking at that have been on my board for a couple of years. And I'm looking at it going like, why am I still going after this guy? Like it's a waste of my time. Well, I know uh, you. Trying, I know why you do it. Trying to close these guys. I know why you do it is because there was this one time that you worked this account for seven years and you finally got him sold. Right. And and you know so I understand the mentality because we're more like serial killers than anything else. We love stalking our prey and we love going after them and we love keeping notes and we enjoy the thrill, you know, of sealing the deal. You know, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at a certain point in time, you've got to look in the mirror and go, okay, am I a sales rep or, you know, am I a criminal? You know, right, And exactly. so it's not that I'm saying you should give up. And some people have a long sales cycle. They just do. Sometimes it's two or three years. I get it for some of you, but yeah. you've got to ask yourself, you know, <laughs> it's, if you have enough in your pipeline, getting a few no's is not a big deal. So that's why for me, even though almost every sales trainer disagrees, if someone says no to me, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to jump down their throat because if I do, after they say no, they're never going to take my call again. At least that's my that's not, that's my thought on it. Yep. Nope. Totally agree. I'm with you. All right, Rebecca. Good luck, Rebecca from Chicago. Go Chicago. My, yep. Go Bears. Um, David from Las Vegas. We got a bunch of listeners out in Vegas, so that's cool. What is wrong with transactional selling? David asks, what's wrong with transactional selling? Why does my boss keep saying it's all about the relationship? Um, What's your thought on that one? What's wrong with transactional selling, Mike? I don't think there's really anything wrong with transactional selling. I mean, at, you know, they, they say uh, the, uh, what generation, uh, what is it? Generation X that we're on right now? Generation Y. Yep. Generation uh, Y. Mm -hmm. Yep. They, uh, it's quick. I mean, they, they don't want to have the relationship and that type of stuff. So, um, I don't have any problem with it though. You know, it, the relational, uh, selling, you can find out more. You can, uh, see if there's other products that you can sell to that particular person. Um, but transactional selling, I think is a good step or a good start to building that relationship. But there's just some people that that's the way they want to buy. Mm-hmm. It's got to start somewhere. And a lot of times, you know, people will wait for the marriage to uh, develop. And so they won't sell anything until they've gotten to that point of asking somebody, you know, to marry them. And because most people are not going to ask someone to marry them on the very first date, um, I think of it as a courtship. And maybe that courtship begins with, uh, you know, with with dinner. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just begins with coffee. You know, it's a it's a courtship. And so, you know, a lot of times I'm going to sell somebody one time uh, and I don't like that. 
but it's going to be the beginning of a bigger, stronger you know, relationship. So I think we both would agree relationship-based selling isn't dead. It's just no. different. And the, the relationship that I have with certain clients is just different. Now, I have some right. clients that are a little bit closer to my age. I'm 47. A little closer to my age, we have a deeper relationship because we enjoy the same things. I've got some clients right. I just really like, but they're significantly younger than me. But yep. we do have a great relationship. It's just different. Like we don't go to dinner. Um, we might grab coffee, but we don't go uh, to the same trade shows and hang out afterwards. You know, that doesn't mean I don't yeah. think they're awesome. You know, right? Yeah, and that's. I mean, some people that's just the way they buy. That's the way that they want it. They they don't want to have the relationship. Right. So I don't think you want to throw it out there that relationship selling is dead. I think there's a book written like that. I don't, that's not what we're talking about, but there's nothing wrong with transactional. As long as in your brain, you're thinking to yourself, Hey, let's take this transactional relationship and turn it into a deeper relationship, you know, kind of over the course of time. You've had that with your business, right? Where it starts with like one job and ends up being like your best client. Exactly. Yeah. We've had some people that, you know, we've started with just invoicing them 50 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, they're a uh, $10,000 customer. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it can build over time. Yeah, agreed. Great questions. Good questions from Jack, Rebecca, uh, David. Keep those questions coming into Ryan at uh, RyanDorn.com. Uh, hey, Mike, I saw on LinkedIn, you guys, um, I'll do a little plug for you because you, you know, you, I know you don't like to plug yourself, so I'll do it for you. I saw you guys on LinkedIn are doing tons of like photo retouching. Uh, and that seems like it's a, it's a big part of business. I saw some before and after. So what's with yeah. the photo retouching? What's that all about? I really didn't even know that was a business. Yeah, we are doing a lot of it. So um, in this e-commerce commerce world now where people are sitting on their couch buying stuff, um, photography is being a big part of the business. So what we're doing is people will send us their product and we're cleaning it up, putting a nice background behind it, making the images look sharp. Uh, so that they can upload it. So we've been doing uh, cars and jewelry, hmm. uh, with model shoots with uh, apparel and clothing, um, hmm. retouching those, uh, making them uh, presentable, making them look a little bit nicer uh, so that these companies can then upload the product and put it online. That's great. So whether you're in the magazine yeah. business, e-commerce business, whatever it is that you do, um, we need graphic design. Um, so Open Look Business Solutions um, does my social media updating, photo retouching, telemarketing, data cleanup. I mean, so there's a, a team, Mike has a team um, that you can offshore almost anything to. So if you're interested Absolutely. in that uh, in that service, reach out to Mike, open-look.com is uh, where you find them, open-look.com. Uh, so anyway, all right. Hey, thanks for being a part of the show, Mike. Appreciate yep. you. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. All right, friends, that is our podcast for the month. I sure appreciate you hanging out with us for uh, 30 minutes or so. Hope you find uh, this information always useful. That's the goal. Our goal is simple, to try to help you take your sales life to places that you only dreamed possible. Hey, don't forget, friends, great time of year for me to come to your office and get your teams trained. A lot of people say, Ryan, that's got to be crazy expensive. Um, it's actually not. Uh, we have year-long programs. We have six-month programs. So reach out to me. Go over to the website, 360adsales.com, 360adsales.com. Love to uh, come to your office or, hey, come on down here to Augusta, Georgia. Um, as the weather gets cool where you are, maybe you want to come here. We've got a training center. You can come and hang out with us here in beautiful Augusta, Georgia, and we'll train uh, during the day and we'll golf during the afternoon or something like that and have a great time uh, together. All right, friends, love my job. I love training your teams, and I love doing this podcast. Hope uh, you enjoyed it as well. Send your listener questions. Send your feedback over to me, ryan at ryandorn.com. My last name is D-O-H-R-N, ryan at ryandorn.com. 
All right, friends, remember, if advertising sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not, so we're either crazy or we found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right, friends, God bless you. Get out there on the street and sell something, and we'll see you on the next show. Stick around, stay close. Next podcast coming up, all about new business development. Stick around. Stick around.